0: Hello, and welcome to the Market Week in Review for the week ending April 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Michelle Bajargal, and today I'm joined by our investment strategist, Alex Coosley. Alex, thank you for joining us.
1: Hi, Michelle. How are you?
0: Good. How about you? I'm very well. Let's kick off our discussion with earnings season. We've seen banks and a few other larger names like Netflix and Tesla release their numbers. Are you seeing any trends emerging and what should investors pay attention to?
1: Yeah, sure. So we are quite early in the period, as you mentioned, so it's largely been the big banks. We have had Netflix, Tesla and a couple of other names like Johnson & Johnson. So far for the financials, it's been better than expected. So most uh, of the big banks have come in above expectations in terms of their earnings and their guidance has been reasonable. Netflix and Tesla both missed on their revenue uh, estimates. It's really next week that we start to dig into the earnings season and really get into it. So we have all the big tech names from Microsoft, Google, Meta, Amazon coming through next week. But the key focus is really around guidance. We are still concerned at Russell that there is a recession risk. There is high, elevated recession risk this year. Uh, and also indications on profit margins because profit margins are still quite high. And so that sustainability of companies' profit margins through this year is, is really going to guide where that risk to earnings lies. Uh, And we think that there is still some downside risk, particularly to consensus estimates. The market largely thinks that Q1 is going to present the bottom uh, of this earnings um, outlook for this year. And then we're going to kind of see a a bounce back through the rest of the year with earnings getting to 10% year on year in Q4. And that just doesn't really rhyme with recession risk that we're quite worried about. So really focusing on the guidance of companies and how they're seeing their outlook. Uh, And then secondly, on profit margins and how sustainable those profit margins are going to be through the rest of the year.
0: There's definitely more to come there. So pivoting a little bit to China, I know in the last two weeks there have been quite a few data releases, including GDP as well as credit numbers. How does that compare to our expectations?
1: I would say that the data has come in a little bit better than we would have expected. Um, So just to to back up a little bit. So we think GDP growth of around 5% is probably appropriate for this year. And if you think about where China is right now, the key drivers of growth tend to be construction and infrastructure and net exports historically. Both of those are a little bit um, constrained this year given slowing global growth and also the fact that they don't want the property market to re-leverage and go back up. Uh, and you know see extreme growth so it's really around the consumer this year this has been a long term trend that china have been trying to achieve is is transition away from a capital intensive economy to a consumer led economy and the the evidence we've seen so far for this year is quite encouraging so retail sales sales can well above expected expectations running at 10% year on year I think it's still a little bit too early to think that the consumer has come fully back because a lot of the spending has really been about that reopening in terms of restaurant spending, for example, which we've seen in other countries has a, you know, does have a decay. It kind of lasts for a couple of months, maybe two quarters, and then kind of starts to fade as people return back to to more normal levels of dining. The big question and and the big focus for us as to whether we can see upside potential to that 5% GDP is really around the housing market. We've seen early signs that the housing market is stabilizing, but it's, it's very messy right now. But if we see the housing market stabilize, what that is going to allow is consumer confidence to bounce back up and that excess savings that China have, which is lower than most of the developed world when we came out of lockdown because there hasn't been a fiscal support from the Chinese government, but there is still excess savings there. And for that to be unlocked, you really need to see signs that the housing market is stabilized and the consumer confidence will rebound. So that's what we're sort of really focused on for this year is to where the risk to that 5% GDP growth lies.
0: And any additional thoughts on the outlook on China um, from where we stand today?
1: Beyond the housing market, there's also the question about if there's any more stimulus announcements coming through, I think what we've seen to date has kind of limited the the possibility of those stimulus measures, particularly from the fiscal side, because growth is coming in better than expected. That said, you know, a very important point to make, and this is not just about China, this is emerging markets more generally, uh, is that monetary policy in China is very accommodative and is going to remain that way, there is no real desire to slow down. Um, credit growth right now, uh, and then more broadly on EM, we are seeing very tight monetary policy, but we're probably near the end in most re- uh, in most countries within emerging markets. So they led the US and they led the European Central Bank on the way up in terms of interest rate rises, and they're going to lead again on the way back down.
0: Great, thank you for sharing your insights. Um, thank you for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.